Oh, hello there. You're here to hear me, is it? Uh, my name is Siti K. Thanks for joining me. So today, I want to share with you a little something that I read recently. It's called Inside Voices by Nabila Said. You know, when I was reading that text, right? The first thing that came to my mind is how these women love their food. And I'm like, I'm instantly in because I'm a foodie myself. I love to eat. And they talk so much about traditional Malay food. And of course, the other person that came to my mind is my mother. Because um, the character Fatima in the text, she reminds me so much of my mother. And her uh, love for cooking is exactly the same as my mom. You know, that is my mom's love language. My mother loves to cook that's the thing she's most confident in you know um, my mom she is illiterate she cannot read she cannot write and therefore that makes her feel um, a little insecure I know she wouldn't admit it but she is you know she's very shy she doesn't have that many friends you know her only friend is her sister it's like her BFF so uh, it's either my mother would always go to the market uh, with my dad or with her sister and then she would either go home to cook or sometimes she would drop by and hang out at her sister's place or then once in a while me and my sisters would bring her out but other than that my mother is uh, she's always at home always cooking uh, she loves cooking so much that sometimes she always asks me when I have my theatre productions right like eh, so when uh, are we going to cook again? Because my friends love her cooking. They always look forward uh, to doing shows with me just so that they can eat my mother's rendang. That is her famous dish. Uh, my theatre friends, uh, a lot of them have tasted my mother's rendang that I would bring. Uh, if it's not her rendang, that will be her lontong, uh, her ayam rendang, or her nasi goreng pataya, her roti boyan, the list goes on. For those of you who've tried, lucky you. Uh, maybe you over there, you one day also can try my mother's cooking. Ah? Hopefully lah. Uh, so that is my mother's love language. She just loves to cook. And uh, growing up, um, we would really lah, enjoy her cooking, which is why I don't eat nasi padang outside, you know. I don't understand why Malay people want to eat nasi padang outside because for me, it's expensive and it's something that I can have at home every day uh, since I was a child. And when I was a child, my mother would used to scare me and my sisters by uh, if we don't want to finish our rice, for example, right? Then she will always scare us and say, ah, you better eat the rice, eh? If you don't eat the rice, wait, the rice will cry, you know, very kesian. And I'll be like, huh? But why would the rice cry? Okay, you fast to finish, finish, finish. And it works. We actually got scared. But actually, the simple thing is, you finish your rice, so you don't waste food. But as kids, we believe lah, like if, if we don't eat with the rice, we'll cry, kesian. And then some other things that our parents would uh, scare us is, ah, uh, you better don't sit on the pillow eh. If you sit on the pillow, ah, uh, wait, there will be a growth ah. Uh, ah, uh, there will be something growing out of your bum ah. Uh. Ah, uh, you want you sit lah, uh, you want you sit. And of course, you'll be scared, eh, hey, do one, do one, do one. But again, it's just as simple as you don't put your bum on the pillow that someone used to rest their head because it's not nice, right? I mean, like, why can't they just tell us that? So simple. We would have listened, I think. Uh, and then some other things, lah, like, if you uh, lie down on your stomach, uh, you lie down on your stomach, but you don't lift your legs and keep shaking it uh, because if you do that, uh, that means uh, you want your mother to die early. Uh, that one I don't understand. I cannot find the logic to that because even if I were to do it now, 
Nothing will happen what? I won't hit anybody, right? And then finally, uh, you don't sing while you're cooking in the kitchen because that would mean that you will have a very old husband in the future. And of course, as kids, we used to get scared. But then now I'm thinking, eh, actually, if he's an old man, but if he's good-looking and if he's stable and can support me because I'm a freelancer, then why not, right? At least he's happy, I'll be happy. <laughs> but yeah, I used to grow up in Boon Lay. We live in a three-room flat. Uh, man, that was fun times, man. I would just... Wow, because I, I wasn't in primary school back then. So it was just wake up, you shower, you play with your friends. You play with your friends and then you would just have like, you know, um, friends of all different races. And you don't care. You just play with each other. You may not know their names, but you just play first. Lah. And then at the end of the day, hey, what's your name? Ah? That kind of thing. And it's such a contrast, right, to how things are right now. And then back then, Malay weddings very happening in the 90s uh, where I was growing up. Uh, downstairs, right, at the void deck. Not even void deck, like the common area down there. Uh, every weekend, sure got Malay weddings. And if got Malay weddings, sure very exciting. Because you know why? Always got kuda kepang. Uh, you know what is kuda kepang? Kuda kepang is this performance, right, where there's like a ritual involved. It gets a bit scary. Like, I remember being scared of it as a child. So what happens is that it's part of performance, right? So they will get this group of dancers, male, females, and they'll be nicely dressed up in gold and they have this little vest and their headdresses and they'll be all made up and then um, they have this cardboard uh, wooden horses by the side. So what they do is it usually starts off with the dance you know it's very beautiful elegant and then they slowly uh, start with the ritual and then uh, once they're done with the ritual they get on these wooden horses and then slowly they will get into a trance that's when it gets really scary because sometimes these horses they tend to get quite hyper they will run around and then um uh, what I'm scared is because uh, we used to scare each other, you know. Apparently, there's this thing they say, right, that if you can't, you cannot wear um, red when there's a kudan kepang performance happening because the horse will run after you and catch you. So that's how me and my friends would always like scare each other. And uh, they would actually also uh, step on uh, broken pieces of glass, um, um, eat broken pieces of glasses, and also sometimes they get whipped. Uh, so that's when it gets a bit scary and um, recently uh, Kuda Kepang performances has been banned and um, yeah a lot of things have changed you know if you compare them to the 90s no more you don't see kids happily running around uh, playing with uh, neighbours with their friends they would rather just sit at home and play on their phones you don't see Kuda Kepang performances anymore in fact you rarely see uh, performance uh, weddings at Void Decks uh, you know people prefer to do it at community centres or hotels. I don't know why. I don't know why this major contrast in how we are and how we treat strangers and our neighbours. You know, last time you just say hello and you go out and you trust your neighbours with taking care of your kids. You know, for example, if you don't have, um, if you're not home by the time your kid is at home, you know, just never mind, never mind. My friend will just stay with me and my mom will take care of my friend for a while while his mother is still at work. But now you don't see that. Um, people don't even say hello to their neighbours when they go to the lift. I remember an incident. There's this auntie who lives in my block and it was raining one time. Uh, I was at the bus stop and I didn't have an umbrella. So she sweetly offered uh, for me to share her umbrella and we live in the same block. So 
share then hello just talk like that like that then um, I, I, I thought okay lah after this from today onwards after this I can have conversations with the auntie whenever I bump into her but sadly that took a turn like the next time she saw me it was just oh hi hello and then after that that was it so I don't know what changed over the years you know maybe how our HDB flats have been restructured also could be the cause of it people are more closed up people don't open their doors anymore um, whereas if you compare it to last time it's just one long corridor and in one stretch of corridor there'll be like maybe eight houses and everybody's doors will be open and you can just like run into your neighbor's friends your eh, to your neighbor's house your neighbor can come to your house and everybody is so free and like no nobody cares about hygiene or what and everybody is happy and actually healthy but right now people just don't want to communicate so i don't know what went wrong there um yeah but bunle was when my sister and i had the best childhood um Funny enough though, when we moved to Jurong into our four-room flat, we weren't as close. We didn't have that many friends. We lost uh, contact with our neighbours in Bunle. And um, our relationship as sisters also weren't tight. You know, we we hate each other's guts. I'm the youngest amongst three girls. My second sister, she's four years older than me. And my older sister, she's seven years older than me. So these different age gaps, despite the fact that we're all girls, you know, people think that automatically we'll be very close and all that. But we cannot. We cannot see eye to eye. Like, um, if I took something of my sister's and like, you know, and forgot to, re- forgot to return it, we'll fight. And if like, if my sister takes something of mine without permission, we'll fight. Things like that. We don't go out with each other. But um, when I was in my late teens, um, something uh, happened in my family. Uh, between my parents, there was um, a family crisis. Uh, I don't think I've, like really shared about this to anyone and I wouldn't go into too much detail of what actually happened between my parents but there was a problem and um, temporarily that made us drift apart even more as sisters you know as it is we're not even we're not that close anymore but my first sister just suddenly decided to take charge you know and we all put our egos aside because my sister said okay we need to at least come together and work together to at least be strong for our parents I'm sorry I am feeling this way right now it's supposed to be a happy happy thing but I realise I have never really spoke about this my sisters and I were now very close and I'm glad we have that kind of relationship now and I don't know why I don't tell them that I love them. Is it an Asian thing? Is it Why is it so embarrassing to tell your parents and your sisters that you love them? They've done so much for me, you know. And I will forever be very grateful to their contribution. My sisters have, um, they're all happily married and they've moved out. But they still would check in on me. We would go out for a sister's coffee or tea just to catch up with each other and to make sure that I and my parents are doing okay at home. And I really appreciate these little like coffee sessions uh, that I have with my sisters and it's always something that I look forward to because at the end of the day, I really think that blood is thicker than water. Talking about my nieces, 
I love them to bits. You know, my sisters, I have three nieces altogether. One from my second sister and two from my first sister. Uh, and um, because of how close I am to my nieces, people just assume that, you know, that, oh, once I get married, you know, I will definitely have many children because of how they see my photos on Instagram with my nieces all the time. But I'm like, uh, no. You know, and yeah, I'm the only one in my family who's not married yet. A lot of my cousins from both mom and dad's side are all like married, even the young ones. And uh, I do feel uh, a certain pressure, um, but I'm just glad that my mom is pretty cool about it. In fact, her not pressurizing me made me a bit worried. So one day we were watching TV in the evening and I just randomly asked her, you know, are you uh, embarrassed or not? Are you stressed? You know, because I'm the only one in the family that's not married yet. And I'm like 36. I'm, I'll be turning 36 this year. Lah. So she's like, no, why should I? If you're not ready, then you're not ready. Lah. I would rather you uh, be ready when you're married. So because marriage is a lifetime thing, you know, it's a responsibility. It's a huge responsibility. And I'm like, phew, because my mother didn't even... I can tell that she was honest with what she's saying. And it's not something uh, she's just saying to jaga my heart. And I'm glad. And that was when I realised, you know, my mum, she's cool. Lah. She's cool without knowing she's cool. Despite, you know, her looking like just your normal, typical makci. But she, her, the way she thinks is quite forward thinking and because my mom gave me that I don't care everything else that people has to say about me you know um, when I read Inside Vo Voices I realised that the similarity that I had with Lily uh, I had more similarities with her um, she's in her late 30s she's also not married same and she said this you know in the text Ma asked me again when am I going to get married I didn't know what to tell her so I just said Pray for me lah, Mak. Kesian, Lily. Lucky my mother not like that, eh? But you know what? The pressure that I get, not from my parents, are actually from my friends. My friends from secondary school who are of the same age as me, who are married and have kids. You know, so um, I meet them once in a while. We hang out. But I always feel like out of place, you know, when the topic suddenly changes to like um, their kids and I love their kids, they're cute, but I feel like I don't know how to contribute to that topic when they talk about their, their kids' school and like their, their, their um, housewife and their motherly stuff. I don't know how I can. Can I, I, I can contribute but because I'm so-called that minority in that group of friends I just listen so when I, um, my friends found out that I recently started seeing someone I've started dating they were so excited you know they were like okay so when are you going to get married okay you have to do it soon right because you're already 36 right and if you want to get a child then you better start con you have to start getting married soon you know because if you want to get a child then now you're 36 and then by the time you're married blah, 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 and then you have, want to get your own house and I'm like it's hey, chill lah even my mother is not like that so why are you, you know, planning my life for me? And, um, you know, last time when I used to talk about these things to my friends or I listened to, uh, or we talked to each other, I would just listen. I don't want to argue. But these days, I don't care anymore. So maybe on their end, they see me as the sad freelancer actor who's like single, not married, kasihan, she may be not happy. But on my end, I'm happily living. I'm in my mid-30s. I've, I've travelled the world. I get to see things. I get to do things. I get to go out wherever or with whoever I want. I can sleep whatever time and wake up whatever time I want. 
and they can't. So you do you and I do me. And you know what? For me, at the end of the day, it's about knowing your own strength, you know, or, or of your character. You have to believe in yourself. You have to make yourself whole before you can possibly commit to someone else. You know, because your identity should not be shaped by what or how other people think of you. Right?